Toronto, Canada. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Vaccine passports. Is this the end of liberty? The end of freedom as we know it? Author, historian Don Jeffries is standing by from his home in Virginia to discuss. And then in the second hour, the wilderness doctor, Cass Ingram, will be here to talk about herbal remedies and cures found in the wild. Cures in your cupboard. Cures in the forest. All right, sometime soon... You may arrive at an airport or a stadium or a restaurant, open an app or a flashcard, and be admitted to a place of ex- or experience that was denied you during the pandemic. You will have just deployed a vaccine passport, a certification of either vaccination status or immunity following a natural infection that confirms you no longer pose a risk to others. EU leaders have backed introduction of a digital green certificate, but some countries inside and outside the EU have already announced plans for vaccine passports. The certificate, either digital or on paper, will enable anyone vaccinated against COVID or, again, who has tested negative or recently recovered from the virus to travel across all 27 member states. The EU also wants to include non-EU countries such as Norway, Iceland, and Switzerland. Key to the digital certificate is a QR code, a machine-readable graphic code made up of black and white squares that contains personal information. Israel has the highest vaccination rate in the world. More than half the population have already received two vaccine doses. Last month, it was able to begin easing a nationwide lockdown. The app is opening up opportunities for international travel, they say. Israel has struck deals with Greece and Cyprus so that Israeli citizens with passes can travel to those two countries. A green pass is available to anyone who's been fully vaccinated. They have to show it to access facilities such as hotels, gyms, or theaters. It's available, again, as a paper certificate or an app which links users to their personal health ministry data. That's in Israel. With COVID vaccine passports being touted by governments, major airlines, and globalist think tanks as the best way to reopen travel and economic activities, one has to question, though, whether these digital tools threaten the fundamental rights of citizens who opt out. Many might argue that COVID vaccine passports are absolutely necessary to ensure safe travel and economic activities, and that if everybody would just agree To take the experimental jab and sign up for the app, life would be a lot easier for everybody. However, COVID vaccine passport advocates seem to disregard the right of the individual to choose what they put in their body and believe that people who refuse to participate should be denied certain liberties because this is what society expects. Vaccines, vaccine passports, and the loss of liberty... Here to discuss, Donald Jeffries has been researching the JFK assassination since the mid-70s when he was a teenager, volunteer for Mark Lane's Citizen Committee of Inquiry. He's very active on the JFK assassination forums and has been a moderator on the London Spartacus Education Forum for several years. His first published book, the acclaimed 2007 novel The Unreals, 
has been compared to Alice in Wonderland and The Wizard of Oz. His works of nonfiction books include Hidden History, Survival of the Richest, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, and Bullyocracy. Don Jeffries, welcome back to the program. How are you, my friend? Hi, Richard. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. So, what are your thoughts? Is this inevitable? Let's start with your country, the United States. Apparently, President Biden would like to see a passport. He's trying to work with various government departments to see if it's feasible. Is it inevitable? Are vaccine passports coming to America? It certainly looks that way. I mean, a lot of us, uh, you know, especially the conspiratorial-minded ones, which I guess I'm in that category, this is kind of what we were expecting, something like this. You know, there's a meme going around that we've seen quite a bit that I think is, has a lot of accuracy to it, and that is that the vaccine wasn't developed to, to stop COVID. COVID was developed to bring the vaccine on. And I think this is a lot of people look, especially when you look at people like Bill Gates, uh, that have been talking about something like this for a long time. And, of course, you, you throw in things like, you know, from the, the Bible, you know, that no one will be able to buy and sell without the mark and, you know, the people being scared of being chipped. It sure sounds like that's what's happening. And I think even if we don't go to quite that level, uh, I think this is, uh, has a possibility, potential, unfortunate potential, to bring about like an apartheid situation. I mean, because they will probably say it's not mandatory. You don't people like me, you don't have to get it. You just won't be able to buy or sell. You know, again, bring up the, you won't be able to basically engage in any of the essential functions of society. So you can stay in your remote cabin in the woods or whatever, but you, uh, if you're going to, you know, want to fly, you want to take vacations, you want to go to any sporting events, any other, any movies, any concerts, restaurants, maybe get to that point, or maybe the stores. You're going to have to have this, and I think it has the potential to, even if they somehow allow you to maybe shop or something like that, it could be shunned. Richard, it wouldn't surprise me, especially with the way the left has gone completely crazy, if they did something like bring back separate bathrooms and, and drinking fountains for the unvaccinated. And I don't think they'd blink an eye if they did that. So I think this has the potential really to, uh, even beyond the Orwellian aspects of it, I think it has to, to divide us further because there are lots of us out there that just you know, think that it's, it's a lot more risk involved to taking this vaccine than there is any potential risk from a virus. And unfortunately, uh, you know, we, we're just being met with a tidal wave of propaganda, and they're shutting down people like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and others like that that are trying to talk about what we're seeing with the side effects from the vaccines. I mean, they're, they're just completely censoring it. You just had a woman who was 40 years old that was a Jeopardy champion that died recently, uh, and they, call, they claim she died of natural causes. Well, she died four days after she had the vaccine. You had Hank Aaron earlier this year. You had Marvin Hagler who Tommy Hearns, another boxing champion, had made the mistake of, of tweeting out, our prayers go out to Marvin Hagler, who's in ICU now, from the after effects of the vaccine. Now, they clamped down on that real quick, and they got Mrs. Hagler to issue her to, oh, no, he, no, that's not true at all. So this is just, it's very disturbing that there, these things are out there. And, and we know that these vaccine, uh, you know, a lot of us don't trust vaccines to begin with. But this particular vaccine, this warp speed vaccine, which wasn't tested properly at all, I don't know if it was tested really. <laughs> it certainly, like most vaccines take a long time to develop, uh, not any kind of warp speed thing. So I think this is really a dangerous precedent just there, and it's dangerous in terms of the Orwellian aspects, and it fits into the authoritarianism we're seeing everywhere, where they just want to control people completely. And uh, if it gets to the point where you have to have this, and I'm seeing it in my own life, 
with my family and friends. I've got a group of friends that have been emailing me, and they're all talking about, you know, we can get together once we all have our second vaccines. Well, I, I don't think they know that I haven't had any, and I'm not planning to. So, you know, this has the potential to really, and already has, fractured families, fractured friendships, because I think it's an irrational fear, especially at this point. But you can't, unfortunately, people are buying into this, and they are scared. I mean, the, the CDC itself is telling you that this virus is, for, for every under, under 70 years old, it's 99-point-something percent survival rate. So why are you getting a vaccine, that, which I think is 95% effective? Right. I mean, just do the math. Does that yeah. make any sense? It does, you know, that's the thing. Now, you know, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, per se, but how do you know if the vaccine is effective once, let's say, we get herd immunity, if the vaccine, as you say, 95 or 97 percent effective, but you're the odds of, you know, surviving if you get it is 99.3 or whatever. So how do you gauge whether it's a success, I guess, is my... Let me ask you this, though. Here's a, a quote from Joan Costafont from the London School of Economics. Vaccine passports can be used as an incentive to change behavior. They not only provide some direct benefits, but they signal what society expects from individuals. They exemplify a social norm that individuals are expected to comply with. Now, isn't that interesting? Social norms individuals are expected to comply with. Now, here's the rub. I haven't seen any recent polls, but ones that I saw several months ago across Canada seem to indicate most Canadians would be on board with things like mandatory vaccinations, vaccine passports, even jailing people who they claim spread misinformation about COVID. So let's say, for example, you compare COVID with the flu, they would be on board with jailing you. So that is the new social norm. And if you happen to be in the minority, and I think both of us are, well, too bad for us. Yeah, that's a frightening statement there, but it's indicative of the majority. And, and one thing, Richard, that has you know, disillusioned me about this entire pandemic and, and the lockdown since it started is that it really has hit home to me how I and people like me have this kind of mind, this skeptical mindset about these things. We're really in a distinct minority. Any way you look at it, we're outnumbered. There's no question about it. So trying to convince people, and this is, this is almost, I, I almost liken this to something like the Holocaust. It's that emotional of an issue with people. I've been called dangerous, and of course they're even using the same term, denier. You're, you know, you're, you're a, a COVID denier and things like that. I've got called all that, and again, I just, especially with vaccines, I, I would not stop anybody. I mean, I think you know there's a lot, a lot of dubious aspects to modern vaccines, but I wouldn't stop anybody from getting them. And that's the difference, I think, between somebody that is in you know our camp. We don't want to stop anyone. We don't want to tell anybody what to do. Go ahead, get 12 vaccines a year. You know, do what you want. It's your body. You do what you want. But don't tell me if I don't want what happened to my body, my choice. Why, why is something in the, um, the pro-choice movement for abortion, why can't that translate into other aspects of life where, you know, it's this my body, my choice. Shouldn't I have the right to put it into it? And, of course, the essential thing about vaccines is, as many of us have pointed out, if vaccines work, and you have your vaccines, what are you worried about? You're protected, right? It makes no sense to say everybody has to get them. Well, <laughs> that makes no sense at all, because the point of you getting the vaccine supposedly is to protect you. So why do you care if I have them? But I think it's clearly not 
that's not the uh, the agenda here. The agenda here is control, and, and that the quote you just read from the person from London, I think that exemplifies that. This is what they want. They want behavior modification, so they're going to expect you to comply. And uh, you see this in all aspects of life, where especially in the last year since this started, they have really ratcheted up to where they're you know they'll throw you right off if you if you question uh, electoral fraud, if you question anything about the virus. It's misinformation. It's disinformation, and it'll be taken down. Most of my posts that I make on uh, social media, you know, I'll have to get the fact checkers up there. This is true or partially true. <laughs> so it's frightening. It really is. And I think, but I, you can't, it's an emotional issue with people. I see it in people I know personally. You know, we have a, uh, a wedding coming up in our family. It's impacting that because it's going to get to the point where the mother involved there is really, really serious about this, and you're seeing more and more people like her that, you know, you're going to have to be vaccinated to come to the wedding. So we're going to have to make decisions, and I think you're going to have lots of decisions like that. And it's, it's tragic because people have people have lost their reason. They've blown this, no matter how you look at it, that they have blown this out of all proportion. This is not the Black Plague of Europe. And people, when they look at these numbers, they should keep in mind that the CDC itself is telling you the flu has disappeared. It's 98% gone. So, you know, maybe the conspiracy theorists have been right all along when they said this is a bad flu because where's the flu? Right. Are they rolling the flu numbers into right. the COVID I numbers? I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know. It needs to be said. You know, the COVID is real. People are dying. People are getting sick. But yeah. as you say, this is not the Black Death, the Black Plague. This is not even the Spanish flu. But the idea that, for me, for those that want to take the vaccine, God bless them. They should. I hope that, sure. that they do well with it. And uh, for those that would rather not, I uh, see the idea of testing negative to get in, into some place. I'm fine with that because that doesn't require taking an experimental agent and putting that into my body, just a swab or what have you. I'm okay. What's wrong with that? Just demonstrating. Surely we can develop a rapid test. I think they're, they're already developing rapid tests, a rapid test that shows I have no symptoms and therefore I can get on a plane, I can travel where I want, I can go into a restaurant. That I would be fine with. But insisting that in order for me to take part in civil society, I must have something placed into my body, that, that just defies all principles and fundamental rights of the, um, you know, respect Absolutely. for one's... And I think we also need to, even something like requiring uh, someone to be tested, and then you run into the, again, the evidence that's out there that has been suppressed from mainstream media, and that is that there is an alarming ratio of false positives that yes. they acknowledge. So, you know, you could easily get a false positive and not get to, you know, I don't know, not get to a wedding or a funeral or some, some kind of a graduation or some kind of essential event. And we've already seen the impact this has had on society where, uh, in the last year, any number of um, older people in nursing homes where, of course, this was completely, you know, really hard hit, where it hit the worst. Uh, so many of these people died of broken hearts because they couldn't have visitors. And then it's compounded where after they die, you can't even hold a memorial service in many cases. They, I mean, this is awful. And it's and it, it, the, the thing is, Richard, it, it's when they, and I keep trying to say, look, I, I'm not a viral. I just, I don't understand virus, But I do know that uh, through human history, no virus now if, if it has acted like this. No virus has stayed this long. No virus, you know, viruses, uh, we're told, trust the science, that viruses burn out in the heat. 
This one apparently didn't and doesn't. And uh, they're acting as if, you know, you hear Dr. Fauci and people like that saying that, you know, we may need to get a COVID vaccine every year. He was suggesting that. Uh, this, I don't, and I, I just, I'm sorry, I just, I'm dubious of that because I know there's a different coronavirus strain that comes around every year, and that's why COVID-19 was named COVID-19 for, for 2019. It was a 2019 strain. Well, what happened, what happened, where is the COVID-20 strain? That was supposed to come in the fall. Is that, I mean, <laughs> is COVID-19? Well, there, there are muta- there are a number of mutations. Um, yeah, yeah, they're, 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 so, but <clears throat> what caused it, because up until this point, we had never heard, I mean, coronavirus is kind of almost a foreign word to most people. What caused this particular strain to become so deadly that it's changed the world? Literally, it's changed the world. And I think everybody ought to be asking that question. And, you know, I'm, not, I, I'm open to, you know, maybe something was put in the coronavirus strain to make it extra strong or extra powerful or something, and maybe they ought to look at where, where it originated. But... I think that the reaction to it has been far worse than whatever the virus was, and the uh, just the lockdown alone has had a disastrous impact economically and socially. It's changed us forever. I have a bunch of friends that uh, well, I've lost a bunch of friends from this, but uh, just because I'm outspoken about it, I'm very dubious of it. I've been dubious of it from the beginning, and I'm, I'm getting more dubious as, as we go along because you know how long is this going to go on? But there's a lot of people that want this. My, my friends are they're actually posting and, and you know high fiving each other. Uh, why should we ever take off the mask? Let, let's keep it on. Let's keep the mask on. Right. You know, and why stop at one? Why not three? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Let's wear three masks. Yep. Yeah. Well, here's something. Uh, we're, we're heading into a break here, Don. But um, some it has been suggested uh, that the um, the vaccine because it's still experimental and and will not be if the, the trials with it will not be finished until 2023 uh, and it is only to be used in emergencies health emergencies and so is this the reason that that governments provincial governments federal governments continue to hold on to emergency powers because once they declare the emergency is over, then they can no longer administer the vaccine, which is only to be administered during an emergency. Right. Yeah, well, it's, it's a, that's a good question. But clearly, and, you know, I, I just don't think they're ever going to get, you know, Ron Paul uh, said something, you know, profound when, this, when they first started having these mandates and restrictions and closing things down. And, you know, when you give government extra powers like this, They never give them back. That's so true. Don, we're going to head into a break. Hold on. We'll come back. We'll open up the phone lines and uh, continue to discuss vaccine passports. Is this the end of liberty? Are you fine with this? Is this something that we need to expect? This is part of the new societal norm that you must take a vaccine to participate in society. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Keeping an eye on the new world order. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Don Jeffries is with us, the author of Hidden History, Bullyocracy, and uh, we are talking about vaccine passports. And some are saying that social responsibility dictates that every citizen has a civic duty to get vaccinated and sign up for the digital passports. Uh, but this 
would seem to argue against the, uh, the, the citizen's right to sovereignty over what they put into their own body. And therefore, a, a vaccine passport would be discriminatory against those who opt out. Now, Don, my feeling is that governments may not even need to, uh, although they are starting in Europe, let's say here in, in North America, the United States, Canada, particularly Canada, because the government has sort of been, as usual, slow off the mark to sort of weigh in on what they're going to do vis-a-vis passports. But I don't think they are going to need to implement a mandatory vaccine passport. I think they'll sit back and wait for, let's say, for example, the airline industry to do it on their own, and they likely will. Major uh, department stores, maybe Walmart, um, woke corporate corporations, as I'll call them, will will likely institute. It'll be kind of maybe initially kind of a patch quilt uh, uh, effect where some will, some won't, and then eventually more and more will demand that you have a vaccine passport to enter their, their premises. And how, if, if it's a, a private company, how do you argue against that? Right, and, that's, and I think that's what the, they won't have to make it mandatory because basically, uh, you know, as, as John D. Rockefeller said a long time ago, uh, competition's a sin. And that's the way our capitalist system, a uh, crony capitalist system, has always run to, to one degree or another. They, they follow the, the follow the leader. And once a few big uh, industries say you have to be vaccinated, the rest will follow. You, you'll have some outliers. You'll have some smaller businesses that won't go along with it. But then they will be ostracized because they'll be known as, hey, you know, they don't, you know, do you really want to do business there? You know, they don't, they don't require vaccination. Their employees don't have to be vaccinated. And it will become something where people will, will shun. Uh, you, they won't need that much control because the people that are terrified of this, even, even once the, you know, presumably the virus is going to eventually go away. I mean, I, I can't believe it's going to be with us forever, but it, it certainly looks that way right now. But once it does, and if, if things ever go back to any semblance of, of, of normalcy, uh, still the, the people that are, are so terrified of this or maybe terrified of it coming back, well, look at you, and I see it myself, and people you know, say, you're not getting a vaccine? I mean, they look at you already as a second-class citizen, and I think uh, employers will probably gradually uh, they'll fall like dominoes, and they'll start requiring you to. Certainly government jobs will, I, I probably first off the bat, the military and things like that. It'll eventually come to the point where uh, you may not have it, but you will be, it'll be an apartheid system where people will know They'll probably know what you're doing in life. Like you, you know, you may have to start your own business or something. It's the only way you uh, you're, you don't you know that you aren't required to be vaccinated. And it's it's very disturbing. It has uh, terrible ramifications. And uh, again, they I think that uh, you know looking at it for, as I have looked at the way our leaders, our corrupt leaders, rule. Uh, I think they finally found on probably the uh, the most um, important factor in everyone's life, and that's their own health. And once they decided to, to you know, run fear porn nonstop, and they were, the media was so irresponsible, and so were the politicians, right from the beginning of this, where, you know, they said the, the original, uh, uh, the guy in London who had to scale back his model, thought, you know, half a million would die in, in, in England, millions would die worldwide. So that was the model in the beginning, and people, that's what they saw. And they and they started, you know, comparing. They, we've read about the, the Black Plague, the Black Death in Europe in the Middle Ages, and uh, everybody thought, God, you know, are we going to be, you know, carting bodies out in uh, wheelchairs? So that's a terrifying thing. 
to consider. And so that I think that mindset never really left, especially with the alarming, the way the media has harped on this constantly and, um, and, and really played into this. They've been really irresponsible. And you have anybody that's trying to, to do halfway uh, responsible journalism and, and roll it back a little bit and say, you know, wait a minute, you know, this is, it, this is not as dire as they're making it out to be and trying, to, trying to, to point out things. Oh, no, they don't want to hear it. And I, I don't know at what point that, um, that mindset is going to leave, but it doesn't look like it's going to anytime soon. And, I, you know, I'm just amazed, like Hollywood, for instance, uh, you know, this, this is... They've bought into it more than anyone, and they've destroyed their industry. Same thing with the professional sports. Uh, they gave up so much uh, money in, in the ticket sales and concessions, and I, I suspect they probably got some big-time, under-the-table uh, funds in those stimulus bills that we probably haven't uh, discovered yet, because I don't know how else they would, they would give up those kind of profits. But it, it be, when those kind of things, people realize, wow, you know, things are, sports are canceled, uh, movies are canceled, Nothing is usual. So they really, because of the response, the response basically was to a black death. And I think that people, so that's why people are saying, well, God, you know, everything wouldn't, show, wouldn't shut down if it wasn't really serious. And they're just not looking at what the actual numbers are, the dubious numbers, and they're overreacting, and, and it's all because of the way society has treated it. And so you have people, we saw, I don't know if you heard about this in, in Texas, and this is, keep in mind, this is Texas where the governor lifted the mass mandate last month. A church, a, a Catholic priest, I'm a Catholic, uh, a priest called the cops on a pregnant woman in at mass who was holding her baby. Yes, I saw that. I mean, this is, I mean, this, and, and, and where it, they didn't even have to have, there's no more, and she pointed out they don't have a mass mandate, and the priest said, no, we have rules. Well, what happened to the, this, you know, you can't say the church is a private business or they'd be required to pay taxes. They don't. So that argument doesn't fly, but it's, there's no rhyme or reason to anything. But it's just it, it, people have collectively lost their reason, and it's for, for those of us that are trying to stay sane, it, it's really hard because people are just so emotional well, about it. Did you see and, what happened uh, in Australia recently, where um, a, a man returned home from? I think he was in Melbourne or returning from Adelaide to Melbourne, and mm -hmm. he arrived at home and was self quarantining because he was awaiting. Uh, a COVID test, and it had to be performed within 24 or 48 hours. And he kept calling, and it wasn't ready, and it wasn't ready. And he said, "Well, okay, but I'm, I'm quarantining. Am I still, am I still, you know, okay here? Uh, you know, I don't want to be uh, doing anything amiss." And they said, "No, you're fine, but, but it's not ready yet." A SWAT team showed up at his house, busted into his house, and hauled him away. Uh, and then proceeded to take him, you know, to different locations where if he was positive, you know, he would have been spreading it uh, anyway. He, all he was doing was what he was told to do. He was in his house, self-quarantining, and still, and still they came for him. This is, this is life in 2021 in, in what used to be, you know, Western civilization, uh, liber liberal democracies. It, it's madness. The saddest thing is that you can't... You know, I've criticized America so much, and Melbourne, as you mentioned, that is uh, that has been one of the most draconian uh, from, the, from for a very long time. They've really had a heavy-handed uh, re response to this, even more so than here. But uh, you know, there's nowhere to go. This the whole world reacted to this thing the same way. There's even you know something like Vladimir Putin. You think would be kind of a rebel about it? No, no. 
They really haven't, other than the Belarus and, uh, and you had, of course, the guy in Tanzania, which is, you know, as somebody pointed out today, this is the only president of any country that was openly skeptical about it. And then and he, he died. dies mysteriously. Right, right. Uh, so, you know, again, conspiratorial fodder there, but, um, you know, this, the whole world has acted the same way to this, and it's, that's why this is unprecedented, because this is, a, this is not just a North America thing. This is a worldwide thing, and people are terrified all over. And uh, I, I, I don't know how you fight it, because at this point, the hysteria is so bad. I, I, don't, I mean, I'm writing my book about it, and I'm, uh, you know, it, it's, um, I'm, I'm well into it. I'm going to have a smaller publisher, because the big publisher's not going to publish it. And I don't know, you know, Amazon may yank it right down. For all I know, because they don't they don't take too well to this. They don't want anybody questioning it. But it's going to be full of facts, and it's going to be sourced mostly to the CDC and the WHO itself. Uh, and it, I hope people read it and, and just understand that this has been the most outlandish and outrageous overreaction to anything in the history of the world, and it has resulted in us losing what was left of our civil liberties. Okay, so again, we're talking about COVID vaccine passports, and let me read you, These are the. this is the UN Declaration on Human Rights. Everyone has the right to leave any country, including his own, and return to his country. That's Article 13. Everyone has the right to freedom of movement and residence within the borders of each state. Everyone has the right to freely participate in the cultural life of the community, to enjoy the arts and to share in scientific advancement and its benefits. That's Article 27. Everyone has the right of equal access to public service in his country. Everyone has the right to life, liberty, and security of person. What does security of person mean? Right? What does the security of the person mean? Isn't that, doesn't that have to do with uh, the sovereignty of an individual? Uh, anyway, those are... Um, those are some of the uh, the articles in the UN Declaration of Human Rights. Uh, and then we have the European Charter, the European Union Charter of Fundamental Rights. Everyone has the right to respect for his or her physical and mental integrity. In the fields of medicine and biology, the following must be respected in particular. The free and informed consent of the person concerned according to the procedures laid down by law. The prohibition of eugenic practices, in particular those aiming at the selection of persons. The prohibition of making the human body and its parts as a source of financial gain. And the prohibition of the reproductive cloning cloning of human beings. If bodily autonomy and integrity are fundamental human rights, then then any debate on the issuance of a COVID-19 vaccine passport should, should agree on the informed consent of the individual, not mandatory adoption or coercion coming from any government or corporation. We'll take a time out, come back and get to some calls right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Again, this isn't an argument against vaccines. It's not an argument against vaccines. It's an argument about an individual's right to choose what they put in their body without fear of losing basic fundamental freedoms. Don Jeffries is uh, with us, the author of Hidden History, Survival of the Richest, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 uh, to 1963, and Bullyocracy. And, and uh, Don, you say you're working on a, a new book right now on COVID? Yeah, well, I have my book on showbiz is already, that's already, that's going to be released later this year, but I'm, I'm uh, working on a book, I'm, I'm tentative titles, Masking the Truth, and uh, it's going to talk about this entire subject. But uh, you're, you're, 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the vaccines issue is, it's, you know, again, it should be a, a, an issue of choice. What, where's the choice on that? Why can't we be pro-choice on that? And, and we should have the right to, you know, you're, nothing else. You, they don't force you to put anything else in your body, or they shouldn't. You're not forced to donate blood. You're not forced to get any particular procedure done. So, you know, why would you have to do this if you're, I mean, as I understand, there's a lot of people that don't even want you to have a religious objection, like Christian scientists or Jehovah's Witnesses or somebody like that. Uh, and it's, it's, it's just disturbing because it just seems to me like such a power grab. And it plays into, you know, e- even if I wasn't in this world and didn't know what I know about the, the agendas of people like Bill Gates especially, uh, this plays into the hands, doesn't I mean, doesn't it kind of prove what their point, what they're saying, that you're, you're pushing this so much. You're pushing this so strongly. And, uh, you know, you scale it back because you're, 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 you're certainly scaring people that are already, if, if I'm already kind of dubious about the vaccines and you tell me uh, you have to absolutely get this, you're hitting me over the head with it, and you're saying I can't do anything, I can't basically can't exist in society if I don't do it, well, is that going to make me feel better about it? I mean, it's, you know, that, Right. And the other thing that, that should send off the fire alarms uh, or the red flags is when they say the science is settled. Uh, if When someone says that, run in the opposite direction. Okay, I mean, there are certain things, yes, we can agree on. The science is settled. The, the sky is, is blue and the sun rises in the east and it sets in the west. But, you know, those are extreme examples. I have a daily program, four to six, and I talk to medical doctors. And I recently spoke with the top public health official in a York region, which is just north of Toronto. I don't know how many people are in York region, two, two and a half million maybe, I'm not sure, but a million and a half. And uh, he doesn't agree that there is a third wave, and he doesn't agree that we should be locking down. So the idea that there is this unanimity you know, when we were familiar with the, uh, the Barrington Declaration, all of these virologists and immunologists that have signed on, you know, thousands and thousands of them, the science is not settled and there is disagreement. So anyway, let me uh, grab a quick call here, Don. Uh, Skip is in Connecticut. Hello, Skip. Uh, first of all, I think this could be being spread by uh, aerial sprays. You know, you had these ships in the Pacific, where the sailors got the virus and were never at land. How did that happen? Well, I don't know. I don't want to get into too far yeah, there. Yeah, it's, but it's also... Not air, let's first of all, you know, people that are running around saying that this is airborne, that's nonsense. It is not airborne. If it was airborne, everybody would be... Right. People would be collapsing in the streets. It's aerosolized. Right, okay, but... Okay, you've got people, for example, within the industry. You've got... Uh, Michael Yeadon, who was global uh, vice president, uh, director of global science for, uh, for Pfizer, saying that this is an, uh, basically uh, going to uh, depopulate, result in massive depopulation. Now, why did he choose that word depopulation? Because he's saying that this could intent, this is intentionally done to kill people, well, these vaccines, I I, yeah. according to him. Well, according this guy to him, was top, a top guy in Pfizer. Well, I don't know about what he said, Skip. I just, I, I, well, how do you feel about the vaccine passport? That's what I'd like to talk about. Well, I agree with Don. I, I just think it's it, it, it's a bully tactic. It's coming from people like Bill Gates, who actually runs the United States, and they're treating people like animals and hurting them like animals, basically. 
it's it's hijacking people's actual DNA and RNA. Well, I, don't, I mean, what I don't could be that. more invasive? The key word is invasive here. Well, I don't know. know about hijacking RNA or DNA either, but it is, to me, it's a form of coercion, and it shouldn't uh, be yeah. allowed. Skip, thank you for the call. Always great to hear from you. Let's squeeze in Diane in North York. Diane, welcome. Hi, Richard. Hi there. Pleasure to speak with you. Likewise. Um, I'm totally against it. I'm a pro-choice, and um, all my life I've never taken pharmaceuticals. I'm into naturopathic medicine, homeopathic medicine, vitamins, minerals, um, and there's a lot of research and studies that have gone into the efficacy of vitamin D3. It's been spoken of uh, maybe only once or twice on mainstream media, and then they drop the story. But uh, people that take vitamin D3 um, uh, um, our, the efficacy is not 93%, and if you're vitamin D3 deficient, you go down to 62%. And the people that got very ill with COVID, severely ill in Spain, were all deficient in vitamin D3, and the ones admitted into ICUs all over the world were all deficient in vitamin D3. And so um, you, this is what I don't understand, is they never bring on any other experts. They only bring their own experts. Exactly. Why have they never had had a naturopathic doctor. I don't think you even need a naturopathic doctor. I, you know, there are plenty of medical doctors, and again, I speak to them on my radio program, who talk about earlier intervent, early intervention and things like ivermectin, um, which seems to show, I mean, a number of, of studies, peer-reviewed studies seem to show it's very, very effective, and yet it's like you're not allowed to talk about it. This is ridiculous. It's like the vaccine or nothing, and we should be suspicious about that. That's all I'm saying. Again, not anti-vaccine. Uh, but the idea that you must have a passport in, in order to participate in life, it's very disappointing. All right, back with more of our discussion. Don Jeffrey stays with us right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Corporations, governments, and sometimes entire civilizations. What goes up must come down. And it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Don Jeffries stays with us, the author of Hidden History, Survival of the Richest, Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics, 1776 to 1963, A Bullyocracy, a new book coming out on show business. What's that book called? On Borrowed Fame. On Borrowed Fame. And uh, where will that be available? Amazon? Pre-order? Yeah. it's got, well, No, not yet. It's still... Uh, I've, I've turned the final manuscript in, and uh, we're just getting the final blurbs in. It's some nice blurbs from some old showbiz people, so uh, it, it's... I don't have a date yet for it, but it's going to be this year at some point. So. And uh, Survival of the Richest, the new foreword uh, by Naomi Wolf, who is uh, very much in demand. I know I've been trying to uh, get her on a, a program. She's been, <laughs> she's been along with Bobby Kennedy uh, Jr. talking about uh, t- uh, coming tyranny in America and so forth, the stages of tyranny. Uh, she's been on uh, with Tucker Carlson on Fox talking about it. Very eloquent. I, I don't see eye to eye with her on a lot of things. Uh, but on this, I mean, I think she's just spot on and she's an ally really yeah, um, and i think what, what that, that the first caller brought up too is that uh when he was talking about the you know the, you hear so many things about the dna someone else has told me it uh, that at least one of the vaccine blocks some kind of natural tumor blocking i mean you hear all these things that something could be chipped in there the fact that people have these concerns there ought to be a, date, a debate about it so let's have somebody uh, like uh, bobby kennedy or dell big tree or naomi wolf have an open debate, and you know maybe uh, maybe we're just concerned about nothing. Maybe we're maybe we're just stupid, and we don't get it. 
But, uh, you know, I, I would like to see some of these mainstream uh, scientists and doctors debate the, uh, the, the, uh, the people that are skeptical about it. And uh, let the people decide, because, uh, you know, I, I'm certainly persuaded by it with everything else, and I, I don't, I, I'm certainly at least skeptical enough not to, I believe there's more risk involved in it than uh, is necessary. So I think we ought to have that choice. All right, let's say hi to Josh in Toronto. Josh, go ahead. Josh, are you there? Hello. Josh, you're on the air, sure. sir. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Okay, good. As long as you're on this phone. Okay, I just uh, got shocked by the experience. My mind went blank. I'll have to improvise. Basically, um, hopefully I can finish my statement and ask a question interactively without being cut off. Um, okay, my voice in the living room. Okay. Basically, I would like uh, one or both of you to please tell me what would be a wise response to someone who, well, I guess it's hard because they're, they're engaging in denial or cognitive dissonance. I was listening to another radio station, and I believe that whenever there is a commercial that states, this message has been brought to you by the government of Ontario or the government of Canada, the truth is these messages are paid for by taxpayers of Ontario and Canada. However, they're self-serving types of folks. And when it comes to a radio station getting funding by with our taxes, the DJs, or sometimes, if not brainwashed, I would think bribed or compelled, as I think was mentioned in Event 201, if you will, for lack of better terms, or uh, paraphrasing here, um, to keep on saying that we're conspiracy theorists. Well, the only theory I see going wrong every month or every other month from Dr. Tam and Dr. Devil is their projections. Those are theories, and they've been incorrect every step You're right. Away. Yeah, they're modeling. So what's the response yes. for someone like that? Secondly, before I get hung up on here... I'm not going to hang up on you. Just relax. I... It's okay. You can talk. Hello? Yes, I'm listening. Go ahead. Is uh, I found out a discovery by mistake. I, I don't know if this will work for everybody, and I'm not giving medical advice, but I think it's worth trying. I was someone coughed in my face in January 2020, and uh, I told him, you, you know, you cover your mouth. He coughed in my face five more times. I said, you know what? He goes, it's cold outside. I go, well, you're inside. My mother brought me up. Your mother dragged you up. So I had this cough on me for nine months. No word of a lie. Antibiotics didn't work. And then um, I thought, take some vitamin D plus three in a pill. Well, I tried one. It didn't work. I tried two. That didn't work. I tried swallowing it by itself, but it fuzzed up in my mouth, almost choked me. That didn't work well. And then by mistake, there were lies. So I slapped the can really hard, and about five or six came out. I guzzled it down with a lot of water. It was very tangy. It was nice. The next day, for the first time in history of nine months, I stopped coughing. So there is something, I believe, to this vitamin D3 plus zinc, which I was taking, but it wasn't doing much unless I guess it worked harmoniously with the D3 and the C, which was in those capsules, or the fuzzy-wuzzy uh, fuzz. Right, no, I got you. No, we're and here it anecdotal. It's, you know, there's some anecdotal evidence for sure. And, and uh, early intervention, there's a number of things that could have been uh, offered up, but why... Why vaccines or nothing? It's very suspicious. Josh, thanks for the call. There's an interesting study from, again, the CDC, and, and, um, and that is that 78%, okay, nearly 80%, this is in the United States, Centers for Disease Control, nearly 80% of people hospitalized for COVID were overweight or obese. Uh, about 78% of people who have been hospitalized, needed a ventilator, or died from COVID have been overweight or obese. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said in a new study that was, uh, well, that was last month. That was early on in March. So that's interesting. Uh, and also, um, you know, even the World Health Organization saying lockdowns do not work. And I spoke with a Danish economist on my program on Saga 960 this past week 
who did a uh, study, looked at 24 countries across Europe and uh, lockdowns and found they were not effective. And this has been echoed elsewhere in other studies. All right. So when people say the science is in, lockdowns work. No, the studies, there may be some studies that show that lockdowns are effective. But there are also many studies that say categorically lockdowns are not effective. And even the World Health Organization said, no, this is not, this is bad policy. So um, anyway, people can do with that what they will. Uh, So what happens, uh, Don, if vaccine passports uh, come to America which seem inevitable, and you can no longer go to your favorite restaurant down there in Virginia or go to the movies or go to, I know you love, you know, your rock concerts like me. You can't go to those. You can't go to a football game. You can't go. What what are you going to do? Well, we're either going to be forced to live as second-class citizens or we're going to bite the bullet and get the vaccine. I mean, I, you know, let's say as much of a, as an opponent I, I, I am up to, up to this forced vaccination, if I hadn't been involuntarily retired from the, uh, the actual working world a few years back, and if I had still a job where I was being paid a salary rather than just a full-time writer, I, and I, you know, odds are I was in the healthcare industry, so probably I would be <laughs> certainly required to get one. I would probably, I don't think that I could be principled enough to give up that kind of salary. And I don't think very many other people can either. So I'm, I'm kind of able to do it because I'm, I'm a writer. At this point, you know, nobody's going to has told me yet that we're not going to publish your book unless you prove you're vaccinated. But it might come to that. I don't know. But I think we need more opposition, and uh, the, it's it's going to come because that that's the way that you can see it coming. The authoritarianism is just on steroids, and there's just not a, enough people uh, opposing it, unfortunately. And uh, especially now in America with having what basically a one-party system. We have one party in power, and it's my Same old here. party, the Democrats. Same here. We have a one-party system. That's what the, and that's the only reason the conservatives up here, which are by and large controlled by the, sort of the liberal wing of the party, the red Tories we call them, the only reason they're not merging with the liberals is because they want to man- maintain this illusion that we have yeah. a two-party – well, it's more than two parties, but those are the two main ones. There's no difference between the liberals and the conservatives. All right, let's take one more quick call. Ludwig is in Scarborough. Hello, Ludwig. It's known, although hidden, but – because it's inconvenient truth, that uh, Mr. Bill Gates is hunted by some other governments. It's on the, on the list of people that I would say criminals, because they're accusing him about, um, you know, sp- specific um, effects of the vaccines that he administered in Africa, for example, where um, uh, girls that have been vaccinated, they've been having difficulties conceiving babies. Now, um, Let's say that we are older people. Let's, I don't talk, talk about you, but I'm older. I don't expect to have babies. But what about young generation? What about uh, people that will get vaccinated? Nothing happens. I mean, um, the blood cloth and all that, it's not really that severe, but nevertheless it is. But let's say they would like to have a baby so 10 years from now. They can't. And 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 um, it also, in, in all that, so how... Anybody would tell me what the long-term effects would be. Just like the, in the Germany uh, in the 60s, they have this painkiller, then, then there were deformities of babies, and, and that's what have happened. And we don't know that. We just don't know that. The only thing that we know is that basically um, with the government, government, as we all know, has ultimate, ultimate uh, uh, monopole on the violence. In other words, you can't kill, they can 
You can't put anybody in confinement. They can. Uh, you can't order somebody to do something. They can. So we're living in the world already the way it is, and they are still more hungry for power over our yeah. bodies, as somebody has said already. So, Lud- Ludwig, i got to wrap it up because we're almost okay. uh, at the top of the hour. But thank you for your call. A point's taken. Uh, I agree with much of what you said. And, yeah, long-term effects, I don't know. Not a virologist, not an immunologist. Uh, but I have a right to ask questions and be concerned and not to be coerced into taking it, and all of us do. Don Jeffries, always a pleasure. Uh, the uh, the website at uh, WordPress, quickly. Uh, Donald Jeffries at WordPress.com. Keeping it under my blog. All right, and we look forward to um, the next couple of books coming our way. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Richard. It's always a pleasure. The Wilderness Doctor, Cass Ingram, next. The Cure is in the Cupboard. Stay with us.